1: You're listening to the Reinvention Project with Jim Rome podcast. Welcome
0: to episode 48 of the Reinvention Project with Jim Rome. And I want to start by saying that I hope this finds you well. I do. Now Having said that, I know in my heart of hearts that some of you might say, actually, Rome, I'm not doing that great. In fact, I'm struggling. That's one of the reasons I'm here. I absolutely can appreciate that. I can. And I appreciate you. And while I'm not in any way a professional of any sort other than a broadcaster, I do appreciate you being here. And I hope that this content and this reinvention family provide you at least a bit of solace and motivation and inspiration as well. In fact, let me stay on that point for one minute. Truth be told, I'm here for two main reasons, one of which is actually pretty selfish. I'm here to improve. I'm here because I want to reinvent and transform myself. I wanted to hit a reboot on myself professionally and personally, and this podcast was a way for me to do that by meeting new people, listening to their stories, and picking their brains for new tactics and strategies. And from that standpoint, this part of the journey, nearly 50 episodes in, has been one of the most rewarding projects of my entire career, truly. Secondarily, I was hoping that many of you would join me on this journey and, hopefully experience your own reinvention and transformation. And while many of you have reached out via email and my daily radio program to share your thoughts about this podcast, I have not done a good job at all at responding to them. And I apologize for that. In fact, I want to take a moment and I want to share a response and a couple of stories before I introduce you to today's guest, which is tremendous. Today's guest is absolutely awesome. First off, I received a direct message via social media from a big-time, division one college football coach from an iconic legendary program. Truth be told, I had no idea he even listened to this podcast, but he wrote to me in bold, quote, I love the reinvention project. I've been thinking about the same things and I'm 1000% adopting the next 25 years as my best and my family's best. That was like a shot of adrenaline when I heard that. And just what I needed to hear Thank you for taking this on and sharing it with the rest of us. The episodes I've listened to so far are fantastic. Appreciate you. End of quote. No, I appreciate you, coach. I appreciate you listening and sharing that with me. I mean, that's incredible praise from somebody who has spent decades leading from the front and molding young men. Speaking of young people, my wife Janet and I were at a restaurant recently and a 23-year-old waiter came up to the table and said, excuse me, are you Jim Rome? And I said, yes, sir. And honestly, I expected him to say his dad has listened to my radio program forever, or maybe he himself had gone on YouTube and seen me and Jim Everett rolling around on the floor. But this young guy says to me, I love the reinvention project. And I said, Dude, that is the best compliment you could have given me. That's incredible. What's your story? Tell me about you. He goes on to say that he and his dad both listen. His dad was in the process of reinventing himself and trying new things in business, similar to frankly, what I'm thinking and doing, but the son didn't really know what he wanted to do yet, but he had great energy and he had tremendous ambition and he absolutely was seeking and hunting his passion and want to make sure that I knew how much the Reinvention Project spoke to him. And absolutely, I could not be more pleased hearing that. And then closer to home, we have a friend and a neighbor that we all know through our younger son. Outstanding member of the community, excellent father, husband, and businessman. And he says to me at an event, you know, I've been listening to your Reinvention Pod and I said, "Wow, that's great. Thank you." He said, "I don't think you understand the impact it's had on me. I have some thoughts that I want to share with you, but I really need to email them to you." And I said, "That'd be great. Please do." And honestly, I didn't give it another thought. Then a few weeks later, I received a 10-page handwritten letter detailing frankly a horrific childhood and what he had been through and what he was experienced prior to finding this pod. Similar things to many of us frankly who have been doing the same things for a long period of time. And he told me that he had listened to every single episode, some more than once, and he was able to cite and quote nearly 10 of the guests, chapter and verse. I mean, I was blown away, blown away and so inspired that this person who I respect greatly was so inspired by this pod. And it moved me to try even harder and do even better. And that's why we're all here, right? To try harder, to do better and become the best version of ourselves. So right off the very top today, I want to thank you all very much for listening and sharing your stories and your feedback with me. It means more than you will ever know. And the fact that it inspires so many of you inspires me just as much and probably even more. So I said off the very top, one of the main reasons I decided to take this project on is I wanted to meet new people, that it was a way for me to gain access to fascinating, inspirational, and knowledgeable people that I ordinarily might not be able to get to. Truth be told, because today's guest has a sports background, I probably could have booked him on my daily radio TV program, but Matthew Calderoni is so sharp, he needed way more runway and real estate than my daily show could provide. This is the first time Matthew and I have ever spoken, although I knew about him and his company, Malteum, prior to the conversation. I just knew, though, that I had to meet him. And this conversation, while well, just the tip of the iceberg in terms of what he and his brother teach... It absolutely blew me away, and I could not wait to drop it on you. In fact, let's do it right now. As always, stick around, and I'll have some thoughts to recap the conversation with afterwards, because it really is genius. It's episode 48 of The Reinvention Project with Molitium co-founder Matthew Calderoni, and it's coming at you right now.
1: So Matthew, I think the work you and your brother Chris are doing with your company Molotium regarding peak performance is groundbreaking. It's fascinating to me. I was really eager to meet you and have you on the Reinvention Project. Thank you very much for taking the time to do so. How is life and how is business?
2: Life is fantastic, Jim. I'm excited to be on the show and be able to speak on this and uh, business is fantastic. You know. It's like you said, we've had a lot of awesome stuff happening in the last little bit for us. Um, really kind of taking this to a whole new level, whole new scale. And it's just exciting times for us. It's exciting to, uh, to get to talk to people like yourself. Talk to people around the world and just really help people discover their true potential and the person they
1: were meant to be. It's so good. Listen, I want to talk to you about the build out in a minute, but I want to take a moment, Matthew, and I want to tell you how I found you, actually. I was interviewing New York Jet DJ Reed on my radio slash TV show for CBS Sports Radio and CBS Sports Network. And DJ, for those who do not know, because not everybody listening is a sports fan, he's got this amazing, amazing story of perseverance and grit. And I asked him about his process and what he did to develop and maintain this mindset. And one of the things he mentioned to me, Matthew, was he had a resilience coach. And as somebody who is deeply interested in peak performance and as somebody who has interviewed professional athletes now for three decades plus, I had never heard that phrase before. A, quote, (laughs) resilience coach. So I said, who is it? He said, Matt Calderoni." I said, well, let me... St- okay, so I said, "That that's really fascinating. So immediately I go looking for you. Matt, you... Tell me for a minute about your background. You were a professional soccer player. What was that yeah. experience like for you? And then what was it about that experience that led you to the work you're doing right now?
2: Absolutely. So if there's one or two words I should say to sum it up, emotional roller coaster. Um being a North American goalkeeper who started at the age of four years old, just loving the sport, being the good Italian kid that I am, really, um, you know, try to find a way to get overseas, essentially, that was if that that was my journey was finding a way no matter what didn't matter really with the scholarships and whatnot, I got one. But the point was, I had this vision to basically take it overseas and become a player who was really able to do things differently than the majority here, you know, not that there's anything wrong or whatnot with the MLS. But when you grow up watching some of the greats over in Europe, you want to go there. And that's really when I made a decision at the age of 12. Funny enough, coming off of one of my worst uh, moments, we'll call it in sports, where I had a coach who told me at 12 that I would never make a pro. And that's really the day that I had my first true conscious, we'll call it bout with resilience, where I learned, you know, how to basically overcome these things. I actually ended up keeping a journal from the age of 12 until about 19 years old of all these different things that we actually practice with athletes. Now that we've backed up with the science and stuff on how to be more resilient from alter egos to triggers, to building out a success identity, to finding a core hunger, all these little things that we went through. And then eventually when I got to the pro level, I'll be straight with you, Jim, like the, the hunger, if you will, that came out of it to start this company, I didn't have those next level tools that I wanted or skills to be able to stay there for the entire process. And I went and sought out the sports psychologists. I went and sought out the mental coaches, the life coaches, and so on. And it wasn't that they didn't have great theory. I loved the theory. I fell in love with it. But the problem was because I was, I should say, I became an expert on this whole thing to do with, you know, psychological theory, but I needed sets and reps. And that's what really led me down the path of this whole process, which was being able to put those sets and reps to these things. Like there is a maximum and minimum and so on. And that's when I decided in 2015, I was done with the whole professional soccer thing. I came back home, started this company with my brother. And, you know, we've been on a mission ever since to really make sure that nobody falls the way that I did in those situations, the way that my brother did, because he has his stories as well. And to really understand what this extra gear was. And we when we started to do the research on it, We really found like the best in the world are resilient. It's no question, right? It's not like it happens on try number one for everybody. For the majority, it doesn't. And we wanted to be able to put programs together that help people train this because it's not just a sports thing, but it's a life thing.
1: That really set us down this path. All right. So as the sun comes out and small businesses are back in business, LinkedIn Jobs makes it easier to grow your team. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the people you want to interview faster and for free. I love it. I love it because it finds the right people, the people I'm looking for, the people I need. And this is why I use LinkedIn jobs. And for you, It's easy. Create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs and reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you want to interview and then hire. This is why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus lead competitors linkedin jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster hey did you know that every single week nearly 40 million job seekers visit linkedin 40 million so post your job for free at linkedin.com rome that's linkedin.com rome to post your job for free terms and conditions do apply So for instance, Molotium in effect means resilience, and I think we all think we know what resilience means, but I'm really curious, how would you personally define resilience?
2: Resilience is having the ability to adapt by building your resourcefulness. That is resilience to us. It's being able to find a way or make one, not just off of some false stuff where you're telling yourself, I can do it, I can do it. That's a great tool but genuinely knowing you can do it and maintaining it. That's how we look at resilience here. It's being able to essentially tap into your arsenal of weapons mentally and physically and socially to be able to make sure that you're
1: able to essentially figure out whatever's going on in front of you. All right. So Matthew, I love that you use the word tool because I can't get to this point quickly enough. I love this part <laughs> too. You would say that it resilience is not a tool or a trait per se, but rather an actual lifestyle. I want to repeat that. Yes. Resilience is not a tool or a trait, but an actual lifestyle. What do you mean by that?
2: So when you really break down what resilience is, and you look at the best of the best, we've actually created a cool little profile here called the resilience profile where we've put our research into it. And you know, it's funny, Jim, because a lot of people use personality um, profiles and that's great. There's nothing wrong with them, but sometimes I think they get misconstrued on what they're really looking for. And, you know, we, we really wanted to find something that we were able to say, what is this resilience thing? How do we quantify it? It's, it's got to go deeper than just a personality test. There's got to be metrics and so on. And we created this thing. And what we found was there's actually four pillars to resilience. There's a commitment you need to make. There's a competence you need to have. There's a focus you need to have. And there's essentially a toughness, which is kind of like a result of those first three. And where this whole lifestyle thing comes into play that we really started to see is that, you know, when you make this commitment, which a resilient individual does it goes deeper than just a mental skill to adapt and performance. It really becomes about optimizing, sorry, your entire lifestyle for this. And what we noticed was if you look at some of the best in the world, you know, for example, like a Tom Brady or a Michael Jordan, or, you know, any of these great athletes, they're living differently. They're not just coming to game day and showing up and performing. They're doing things different. And I'm not talking about being, you know, super hardcore and strict. I mean, priorities are different. Commitments are different the way that they look at even the term sacrifice. Like it's not even what they found when they've been doing this research on resilient people. They're not even looking at things as sacrifice. They're looking at things as making a commitment and this is just part of the process. So when we've looked at this, you know, we've really said, okay, we know that there's a couple heads to resilience. There's social, there's physical, there's mental, emotional, you know, all that stuff that plays into it. There's not, it's, it's kind of, I guess you could say negligent to say that this is just a mental skill. This is about really making sure your energy systems are optimized, on top of the whole mental part to make sure that you can adapt
1: yeah it's funny you say that matthew because i was talking to draymond green on another podcast i do and he just started he he's part of a show called sessions for amazon and he did this deep dive mentally and we had this conversation about and i think this is what you're saying like physically as an elite athlete even as a guy like draymond green has won four nba championships will end up in the hall of fame one day it doesn't really I'm not going to say it doesn't matter because, look, he's got the hardware, but if you're doing all that work on your body and you're working fundamentally as an athlete, what good is it if you don't put any time at all into your most important muscle, the one between right. your ears? So when we're talking about this lifestyle, I guess you would say, if I were to say to you how much of it is mental and how much of it is physical, you'd probably say yes, right? All the above? For sure. <laughs> yeah,
2: it's, it's interesting because... You know, when you look at this all and you really start to break it down and understand it, it's like it's funny because, you know, we get taught in school, for example, how to physically take care of ourselves, nutrition and good sleep habits and so on. But realistically, looking at this, like, Jim, we can't do any of this stuff if we don't know how to optimize our brain, if we don't know how to take control of our habits, how to take control of what we do on a day to day. And then even going deeper on the lifestyle part, the real kind of hit home message for this is. You know, this is about being resilient towards something. And I think this is where some people get it wrong. It's not just resilient towards wanting that car for sure. Like that's, that can be part of it. But we always look at it when we're working with players or individuals and we say, look, this is really about being resilient towards the person you believe you are, the identity that you have. That's where this all comes into play. And if you focus on becoming that person and optimizing your your day-to-day to make sure that you're reflecting that individual and in every single little thing that you do, The results take care
1: of itself. In fact So go ahead. No, I'm sorry. I that's my fault. I was going there next. I love that point too, Matthew. I was gonna say that if you treat it as a lifestyle, then you begin to create an identity, or as you put it, quote, taking steps towards your identity instead of taking steps towards results. I also like that very much. Why is it more powerful to take actions based on who you are and who you want to be as opposed to taking actions based solely on results. Because identity gym is long lived, right? Like you got to think of it for a second. When you
2: start to act based on who you believe you are, it's it's one of the most powerful things that you can do as a human being. It's it's what we all do. We all want to act in accordance with who we believe that we are. So when you look at it, this is a great example to kind of bring up. We got a lot of players that will come to us for example or People that we work with, and they'll say, "Okay, I want to be resilient." And it's like, "Okay, great. What, what's the result that you want? What are you looking for?" Well, you know, I want to get the promotion, or I want to win a title or a championship. Okay, fantastic. So then the next question they always ask is, "So what do I got to do next? What actions do I got to take? What has to get done?" And it's like, "Okay, that's great, but let's really break this down for a second. Who you believe you are?" taps into your belief system and your belief system taps into your perceptions and how you see the world, which then taps into the actions you take and the results that you get. So to break that down and keep it simple, if you're just focused on the actions that you're taking and you don't do any of the work to resolve those beliefs, those perceptions, and then get to the actions and results, you're going to be constantly getting in your own way. So whenever we look at this, we always like to say like, it's a matter of really making sure it's constantly reflecting who you are, cutting down essentially the trees that stand in front of you getting to that next level and making sure that you can handle all those things on a deeper level, right? Like it's, it's way more than just tell me what to do. That's going to take a lot of willpower. When you feel that it's part of who you are, you don't even have to question the little things anymore. It becomes a question of, okay, well, if my identity is of a pro athlete, it's not anymore of, should I, you know, eat the chicken or eat the pizza? Well, if you got to eat the, the, the lean chicken breast that you got to have, that's the choice that the pro would make right now, I mean, unless you're on a cheat day, right? But the point is,' it's making, ident- it's making choices, sorry, based off your identity
1: and staying resilient towards that, even when you don't want it.. love it every single time. I love that sound. Always pumps me up. That is the sound of another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start run and grow your business. Shopify is the best. It gives entrepreneurs the resources that were once reserved for big business. So upstart startups and established businesses alike can sell everywhere, synchronize online and in-person sales, and effortlessly stay informed. Listen, scaling your business is a journey of endless possibility. I know this. I've done this myself with this show and my podcast and my side hustles. Shopify helps with all of that. I love how Shopify has the tools and resources that make it easy for any business to succeed from down the street to around the globe. Reach customers online and across social networks with an ever-growing suite of channel integrations and apps, including Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, and more. More than a store, Shopify grows with you. This is possibility powered by Shopify. Go to shopify.com/rome all lowercase and get a free 14-day trial and get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today. Once again, go to shopify.com/rome right now, shopify.com/rome. Dude, you're one step ahead of me all the way because I was going to say the next point that I wanted to ask you about is, and this is something else you've said, quote, if you're trying to become a pro with average Joe habits, it's not going to happen. End of quote. It seems sort of self-evident, but why don't you elaborate on that? Just deciding who you want to be is not enough, is it? No, it's not. And that's, that's actually,
2: Jim, where it caught me with the whole come back home and find a way to do this right type of thing. Because you know what? It's like, you can change your story. You totally can. But there's a part in my mind, I don't know about you. I can tell myself I'm the best. I'm the best all day. But unless I actually take action toward that and change who I believe I am and my habits and so on, my there's something screaming at me saying, this is bullshit, right? And it's it's how all of us work as human beings. We're looking for something that actually reflects who we believe we are. And if you have this thing where you're just telling yourself, oh, I'm a, I'm, I'm a good guy. I'm a pro. I'm a this. I'm a that it's really not going to happen. Your habits ultimately are what reflect who you believe you are, right? Like if we could break this down, ideally, if there was some kind of graphic in front of you, you would see on a tree, identity would be at the top, it would break down and then your beliefs would come second, your behaviors would come third, and your and your results would come next, right? Fourth. So looking at it, when this all comes down to it, I think people really need to realize this is more than just deciding to tell yourself that's a great first step is changing up your story, but you have to put in the daily systems, actions, beliefs, all of that goodness to make sure that you're making votes towards this new
1: person each and every day. Matthew, to me, it's twofold. I One, I agree with you 100%. Like, I, I know for a yep. fact I bullshit myself. I, and I think, like I'm telling myself, I work so hard, I work so hard, I work so hard when I work pretty hard. I mean, I do work hard, but I don't work as hard as I'm telling myself. So no, I'm not totally honest with myself. I know this. And then number two, this is another point that you make that really speaks directly to me. In fact, it hit me right between the eyes. As part of this podcast, I had somebody named Craig Ballantyne on it, and he has this great notion that what got you here won't get you there. What got you here won't get you there. And I heard that and I thought, damn, that, that, that is really something. And then not long thereafter, I heard you say, quote, you have to adapt a mindset of innovation and be hungry for that innovation. And that Matthew is when the light really went on. Like maybe I don't work as hard as I think that I work, but I do grind. I always Mm -hmm. grind, but that doesn't mean I'm always innovating. Right? So Why don't you elaborate on that? Why is it important to not only have a mindset for innovation, but also be hungry for that innovation? Totally.
2: Like this, this all comes back to what I started to realize when I was just starting out at 22. I worked with one of the first pro athletes I had was when I was 22 years old. And it really came back to understanding, like, why was this guy going through a slump? Like, what was he doing? What was he not doing? Which was the more important question. And it's like, okay, you know, when we talk to him, it's like, what do you what's going on? Like, take us through your habits, take us through your routines. And, you know, it's funny, Jim, he didn't truly innovate anything really for the last three and a half years. And it's like, okay, so this is interesting now. Right. And it's like, well, he goes, well, I've been good up to this point with what I had. And it's like, yeah, but dude, listen to me for a second. Like you're playing in the city of Toronto, which is a massive hockey culture. It's, it's swarmed with people who will absolutely ruin you. If you don't have one good performance, that's just what this culture is. And you have to realize that if you're going to be a guy who has the bravado to really, really, really stand up and stand out in this crowd, you need to make sure you're innovating. And that's when this whole principle that we started to find was it's a mindset towards innovation. Actually, the rest is all kind of BS, right? When you look at it, I mean, if you're solely focused, I was just having a conversation with an athlete on this today. It's like. Forget the noise. Like, Don't worry about the bullshit that's going on around you. Don't worry about getting the result. Don't worry about any of that. Your one job is to live so deeply into your own internal world that you focus on becoming this individual each and every day with the quality of your actions that the results take care of itself. And you can do that. It's just holding yourself accountable to this identity.
1: shit's gold. It is so good. It is so strong. Like Matthew, on top of that, and, and I know again, not all of our listeners understand what you just said. You're in Toronto, sure. I know because I know the league, and I know guys in the league, mm-hmm. and I know guys who play for that franchise. There's almost nothing like playing for the Maple Leafs. Like it, <laughs> it is so intense, like to live and work and play for that team there. Now, I mean, I, the equivalent would be like the radio show, TV show that I do. I work my ass off on, on this every single day, but if I do the same things every day, year after year after year this show never changes and then you never evolve and either you're getting better or you're getting worse but nobody stays the same. So I know exactly what you're talking about, innovation. That's why that rung so true to me. I want to ask you about this. I think this, this not only applies to athletes, and I know you work with people of all sorts, you work with entertainers, you work with business types, CEOs, you work with people who are just trying to be their best at whatever it is they do. I think this is really important. Pre-performance nerves. For instance, you talk about this in your experience, Matthew, are pre-performance nerves about nerves or are they actually about something else? You cued me up good. So
2: this is the thing, man. And, this, this is what kills me about it is that this whole notion on nerves, I actually heard you talk about it, I think a couple times in your show, but it's all BS. And I'll tell you why it's, it all comes back to your preparation, right? And what people don't seem to sometimes understand, and it's normal because again, you majority haven't been trained on this stuff, right? So you look at it and there's this whole thing behind, oh my gosh, I'm anxious, anxious before performance. And unfortunately, from what we find for a lot of athletes that come to see us, this ends up becoming something where it's like a learned helplessness, where it's like, oh, I've done everything to cope with those nerves and this and that. And it's like, wait, fuck cope. Like, why would you ever want to cope with nerves? Why would you ever want that? Why would you ever want to have to put yourself through the process of having to cope with it? So what we started to say in practice and preach, and I know the majority do as well, it's a, it's always a matter of coming back to your preparation and what you're doing to make sure that you're feeling absolutely unstoppable, top to bottom, walking into performance. And what that really comes with is preparation and innovation. So when we look at it and we see the individuals that are super nervous and super anxious, we go through what we call like our pre-performance checklist, and we do this in a separate session. We would obviously never do this before a performance, but we look at that checklist and we say, okay. Have you done sets of visualization before where you see yourself get through challenges or certain scenarios and whatnot? And usually the majority right there on question number one will say no. And it's like, great, we found something we can add in. And then we'll go into the second question. Have you done something where you know that your intensity, what you have, what we call or created a mental environment so that in your head, when you're practicing, you have the urgency, the pressure you put on yourself and so on so that it matches or feels like you're actually in a game because you can be shooting around pylons or pretending in your head that there's a defender in front of you. And it's going to be a completely different reaction. So again, usually some, the majority I should say would say no. Then we get to the next part and it's like, have you studied your craft? And this one, Jim, I think is probably one of the most jaw dropping for the majority because they're like, what do you mean? I have to watch film or study film. And it's like, guys, one of the most natural ways that we learn as human beings is by modeling others. Like think about how we learn to speak when we were younger, right? Like we heard either mom and dad stand in our face. They say mommy or say daddy. And they tried to get us to repeat it. And eventually we did, but we've been modeling since we were kids. So again, the majority will say, well, I haven't been, you know, modeling as best as I can. And then the last part is, do you actually have a laser focus? Are you cutting out all other options and just focusing on the one to two actions that bring you the best results? And again, the majority will say no. So it's funny because a lot of people think kind of to your point before, I'm preparing. I'm preparing. I'm preparing, but there really is a nice science and formula behind this that we got to have, and it's to make sure that you hit all four of
1: those pillars. Seems to me like, first, I want to be very clear about this, Matthew. Like you, what you and I are talking about is is so fascinating, and it's so practical, and it's so useful. But it's very Mm -hmm. clear to me there is so much more. It's so there's so much depth and substance to this that, that that it's much, much, much deeper than you and I could ever, ever cover in 45 minutes or even an hour. So I want to acknowledge that that what you're saying is I, I, the gravity to it and the depth to it really is something, you know, it just seems to me this whole lifestyle thing. It's kind of like it, it's trite to say it, but it really is much easier to stay in shape than to get in shape. And if you're committed to this every single day and you have a very clear view of who you want to be or who you're trying to be, and then every decision flows from that then you are going to be competent and confident. I know this. I know that when I'm on track and I'm feeling much better about me, that all these things are much easier than if I get off of track and then I've got to get myself back on path. Of course, there's going to be anxiety and there's going to be stress. Let me ask you this before I let you go. Should we we be pursuing perfection in everything or maybe not? Is that not the idea? No, nah, perfection's bullshit. It's a myth. It's a lie. It
2: is the the only place that perfection exists, Jim, is at the end of a math equation. And what people don't realize is that when it comes to daily work, I have yet to ever see an athlete that we have or a high performer that we have, huh, even even a TikToker we work with and help them get into the right headspace. I've yet to ever see anything that's as artistic as life, which it is, have a perf- a, a perfect result at the end of it at the end of the day, what people don't realize is that we shoot for this thing of perfection when we're mistaking it for high standards. High standards is much different. High standards means what you're not willing to settle for. Perfection means every single little thing around you has to be bang on, even the uncontrollables. That's unrealistic. Now, you can have high standards in regards to how you respond to uncontrollable situations. You can have high standards in regard to how you prepare. But this whole notion on the perfect preparation and the perfect performance. It's just, it's an absolute best way to get yourself out of a state of resilience. And it's, it's the best way to get out of a state of growth. Like think about it for a second. If we're perfect, what more room do we have to grow? We're done. And like we've already covered, if you're not innovating, if you're not working on yourself daily, you're done. It doesn't. So like having this whole thing behind, I want to be perfect. It's got to be the perfect day. I mean, it's, it's a killer. I've seen athletes completely destroy days that were going well, because let's say they have one bad meal, you know, when we're doing our original intake and assessment with them, it's like, okay, we throw them things of adversity. And it's like, so you had a bad meal now what, and they could have done the day 80% well. And that 20%, they completely chalk it up to it's a horrible day. It's not perfect. It's this. And then as a result, they start building negative momentum and they wake up the next day and they keep feeding off that. So this whole thing for perfection, I would beg anybody who's tuning into this. Please get away from it. Like, it, art is, uh, life is such an art, and I'm not trying to sound taboo, but it's the truth. There's nothing that's perfect. How you shape it becomes your own beauty. Really making sure that you take the time to understand that this is about shaping things how you want, even if it doesn't work out fully properly on the first try and that adaption is necessary for success. Take so much pressure off your shoulders.
1: Matthew, I can, even though it's rhetorical, I can answer that question. What do you do? We say to our star athlete, what do you do when you have that one bad meal, when your day's going so well and you have that one bad meal? Welcome to my fucking life. I can tell you exactly what you do. <laughs> you know what you do? You start eating everything because you tell yourself, ah, oh, shoot, I screwed it up. I'll start again tomorrow. And you're right. That 80% good becomes 0% because you just give in. I know exactly what you do. You come off the rails and then you tell yourself, oh, I'll just. Start again tomorrow. I know exactly what you're talking about, but I want to ask you about something. This is fascinating what you said, and you said it in passing. You said, We work with this high level TikToker to get that person in the right headspace. So clearly, you're working with all sorts. I want to ask you that right headspace, like this peak performance state, is there a way to consistently? consciously put yourself into a peak performance or flow state before big or during big moments whether you're an athlete or a TikToker or a business person or an artist or a teacher or anything else absolutely and i think there's an
2: awesome link to it i'll I'll kind of plug it in here that we have on our site that talks about this peak performance state um so it's a formula we've broken it down to it's a core hunger Plus certainty. So let's talk about both quickly for a second here. So your core hunger means that you have this identity of who you want to be. You've got a purpose of why it's important to you. So you stick to it even during the tough times. And you've got a vision of who you know you want to be and where you want to go, essentially. Right. So it's kind of like the bigger picture on the life side where the identity is more so focused on. I'm a difference maker. Okay, great. So we've got that. The reason that's important is because where we see a lot of athletes come off the rails or even high performers like the TikToker, for example, this was actually something that happened to him. I can't tell you how many people get in this space of repetition and days start feeling like they were the day before and the excitement goes and the fun goes. And we know from this whole thing about fully immersing yourself and getting into the zone, excitement is part of it. So you need to have that place where you're selfish to be selfless, where you're working on you, you're doing your thing. And you enjoy yourself because you see yourself growing we know growth is happiness right so that's the first part the second part to it is really making sure you have a certainty and this is where i think a lot of people maybe mess up the whole game day thing because i think people start to put together in their head that getting into the zone happens the day of a game and that couldn't be further from the truth like even talking to our TikToker about this this whole performance and peak performance mindset starts at least a week before your entire performance. Like, you can't tell me you're walking into a game completely sure of yourself and you haven't done the work leading up to that to feel good about it. So, you know, you don't have to be an athlete to practice this. We don't practice it only with athletes. You, For example, the TikToker, he needs to make sure that at the start of the week, he's got his content down. He knows what he wants to shoot. He's rehearsed it. He's got a script. He's got people he's called to make sure he's good. And then come game day or recording day, he can just execute. Right. It's like it's really making sure that you're so damn prepared in a good way, not perfectly, not planned out, but that you've sharpened all of your tools so that come in on game day physically and mentally, emotionally, socially, you know what you got to do. And that's when you can just flow because part of this is enjoyment. Right. And I don't know about you, you, Jim, on this one, but I'll say this about all our guys that we work with and our gals, you know, you enjoy yourself when you know you're ready to meet the match. And when you know you can succeed that and go above it because of the way that you've worked and prepared, that's when shit starts to get
1: fun. Now, then you embrace it. Then, then it's joyous, man. Then you're like, you can't Bingo. wait for it. That like, it's let's go. It's go time unless you're not prepared and then you're full of dread and fear and you're thinking <laughs> about the worst that could happen instead of the best that could happen. I think also, Matthew, you say things, I think, I think that you say things that- I mean, you know that they're impactful, but maybe you don't even know how impactful they are. Like you said in passing, growth is happiness. I mean, yes. I think that's a huge thing that you just said. Growth is happiness. I want to ask you one last thing before I ask you about the launch of the product, the relaunch of the product and the brand. The way you are right now, it seems to me like you're not getting caught up. You're not perfect. Probably you get sidetracked on occasion. Generally, are you fully focused and you have no issue running your day as opposed to your day running you because you have created these habits or was there a time in your life where you were that guy who got caught going down the rabbit hole looking at the phone looking at youtube or were you never that way no i was always that way (laughs) to even to a point i think
2: this is where people get it wrong too is like you can actually overdo it on the systems and not let the beauty of life take its spot when it needs to so A great example of this like you know when you break into a new niche or you get on a new sports team or you're working on a new product whatever you can have all those systems in place but with those new responsibilities come new things that you need to do and i think this is what a lot of people need to realize is that you've got to have your core systems in place so our core systems we call it a morning power system which is a time in the morning that you take to to move your body get focused and and you know really talk to yourself in some way which could be through journaling reflection whatever you've got to make sure that you have some kind of pre-performance system that's in place there to make sure that you've got some time to really collect yourself because, you know, we can do all the right things in the morning to get focused, but there is that time before you walk into the stadium office or wherever it might be creative studio where you need to collect yourself and focus on what you got to do. And then the last part, we always say, you've got to have a nighttime reload system because it allows you to take stock on the day. So we actually give ourselves you know and we with all the athletes we work with and and individuals we do as well we give them leverage and leeway to make sure that when the inevitable things in life come up you're not freaking out otherwise we wouldn't be resilience coaches we would be perfection coaches and there's i've already dove into it but there's no such thing as that so that's how we look at it here
1: all right so finally like i go back to dj reach it's back to the very top i I have such respect for this guy and his story and his background. I think again the listeners may not know, but he the way he came up, like nobody was giving him an opportunity. He had to go the JUCO route. He lived with eight guys, rent-free in a cockroach infested apartment. Like this guy's the ultimate all in, bet on himself, and he's made it to the NFL and he's having a great life and a great career. So when he said to me I have a resilience coach, I was really fascinated by that because you know, I've always been interested in this space forever and ever, long before there was an internet, I was was a kid that was in high school reading Napoleon Hill. And I just, I always, I was looking for the edge, always, always. So when I found you and I found your website, like to this day, I still read as much as I can about this outside of sports. But your company and your brand was one of the few that I quickly went to a credit card and wanted to subscribe and buy things, only to be told we're in the midst of a relaunch <laughs> right now. You can have your money back. And I'm like, damn, no, I want to give you my money, Matthew. So bring me up today. Where are you right now in terms of the relaunch of the brand and certain products? What is coming out next, and how can people find it and get involved? Absolutely. First thing I want to say very quickly, though, Jim, before we get into this, is about DJ,
2: just one line on please, him. Please, yes. That man did absolutely everything on his own. I just had the absolute fortunate ability to help with the last 5% of where he wanted to go. But just to be clear, that motherfucker that you see on the field is all him. That's the first part. The second part to this all is that... But I do want to say, though, so I those- want to
1: say he did name-check please. you. Like He, he absolutely <laughs> made a point of name-checking you, and I'm so glad that he did. Because I would have ultimately found you, Matthew. Because of I'm into this stuff, but I'm glad that he did because I found you sooner. But fair enough, I I respect what you're saying. But he did absolutely name check you and not others in that space. I mean, he gave you credit for guy. sure. I do too. He's the
2: brother, man. Um, but no. So He's anyways, let's go. Let's go into the launch. So yeah. the launch of the product. Yeah. So what we did was we actually had a course that was out. Um, you know, it was a little course, like a video course, and we liked it, but. Being who we are, we said we can do this at a whole new level. We don't just want a course. We actually want to make it so that you are... It's like anybody is working with a Moliteum coach. We're real about what we do. We know we are expensive with our select coaches that we have, but we know that everybody should be able to get this. So we wanted to create a product that can even be used in school systems to help the next generation coming up, as well as with everybody from athletes to um, business professionals and so on. So we created very, very, you know, target population specific focused trainings where there's now a course coming out and we host it in this third party app that we use and we partner with where we are actually giving you the training modules to to do all this kind of stuff and rewire your mind and change your habits up and build your resilience. But the more important part is that every day after that, it's actually like we're coaching you on your daily actions to take. So it's not just watch a video and move on. It is, hey, here's your one training module for the week. We don't believe in doing more than that. Let's give you the principles and and tools that you need. And then let's give you the daily actions you you must take so that all you need to do is log into this app. And if you do the work like our athletes, essentially, you're going to get the results. It's exactly what we do with guys like DJ, where we have a call a week with them. We get them on track. We teach them what they need. And then it's day to day, just basic, simple actions that bring the most results. So that's launching August 1st which I'm super excited about because that's going to be something that really impacts more than just the athletes
1: we work with or so on. This is something
2: we're looking to make sure can go wide.
1: You know what it is, Matthew? It's like you have I've heard the phrase that you've used. It's pocket coaching, right? It's right there on the phone. Yeah,
2: exactly. Yeah, that's we, we worked really, really hard where we actually – it's why we took that other course back so that we could make everything where everyone's attention goes right now, which is their phone. And it's naive to try and get this stuff just on a laptop The user experience is the most important for it because I do know that this subject is a bit taboo. I do know it's something that people are often reluctant to train, not because of the fact that they can't use it, but because of the fact that they, you know, maybe have had some preconceived notions on it. So we wanted to make this something that people really have no excuse not to take action on and not to have a fantastic experience with
1: final thought I think what I like best about well I like I like everything I've heard obviously and I was so eager to have this conversation man it's even better than I thought it's so good <laughs> you guys you guys are different I don't want to say hey you guys are young you guys are coming out differently but the fact <laughs> is you guys are young and you're coming out differently and I think that you're busting some myths you're not coming about it or going at it the way that it's always been done by others who came before you there are analytics there are metrics it's real it's personable i just i i really like the energy you know what i mean awesome yeah it's something jim that we've
2: worked on for shit seven years now that we've really been making sure to not perfect but definitely take as close as we can to raise a bar, and it's our belief here that we want to really set the tone with this because we feel that there maybe is a bit of a gray area, and we want to make it very binary for people that take action on this.
1: Matthew, are you going to be all right when this thing explodes? You're already going to be like a a seven-year overnight success, right? But I, I can feel this thing. Like, I feel it. I feel it. Like, clearly, anybody who hears this, there's no way they would not react accordingly. Are you going to be ready when this thing explodes exponentially overnight? Jim, we've been sharpening our tools for seven years now. And I can't wait for that to happen, but
2: no, there's no such thing as, as a seven, sorry, as a, as an overnight explosion, no. it's been seven
1: years in the work. I love it. I get it. Listen, I, I really, really appreciate the time, Matthew. I think it's great. I'm really anxious for that August 1st launch. I will be there looking for it. And this was just a tremendous conversation. I can't tell you how much it means to me. Hopefully you and I have a relationship now and I can find you and, and, blow up your phone like that but that 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 was really really good and I appreciate it so much thank you
2: it'd be a pleasure Jim
0: so Matthew is an individual and my team is a brand that truly speaks to me personally virtually everything he said resonated with me everything although I don't really have the time or the space to break down everything Matthew said I could because I found that entire conversation that riveting. Instead, let me just refer to a few things in particular. It was clear as I practically jumped the man to ask the question and barely let him finish his answer that I love that he sees resilience not as a trait or a skill, but a lifestyle. Warning, I'm about to drop a four-letter bomb. Warning, four-letter bomb coming in three, two, one. Holy shit. That is so good. You're not looking to develop a habit or two. You're looking to commit to a lifestyle. Resilience is not a character trait. It's a way of life. And then once you commit to this lifestyle, you begin to develop an identity. And then again, to quote Matthew, you're taking steps towards your identity instead of taking steps towards results. And then once you begin to forge an identity, then you're in the process of becoming the person you want to become. And then if you're truly committed To becoming that person and that identity has been formed, the choices you make and the actions you take flow from that naturally. You're not making sacrifices and you're not giving up anything. You're thinking and taking actions consistent with who you wanna be and who you're becoming. I mean, to his example, if you wanna be an athlete and you wanna create that identity, you would ask yourself would an athlete eat this? Would an athlete drink this? Would an athlete skip that workout? Now, If she or he is moving towards that identity, they're going to answer the right questions the right way. As always, simple but not easy. Decide who and what you want to be and then make sure every choice and action you take is in alignment with your identity and the person you're trying to become. Now, if you're not, if you're not, then you're just bullshitting yourself and you're really not that committed to changing. Again, quoting Matthew, if you're trying to become a pro with average show habits, it's not going to happen. End quote. And that doesn't just apply to being a pro athlete. That applies to being a professional of any kind. I also loved his take that you have to adapt a mindset of innovation and be hungry for innovation. That was like a two by four right to my head. That's one of the biggest reasons I'm here. I've always worked, I've never stopped grinding. That's not the issue. But I'm gonna own this, and I'll be real. I probably did stop innovating for a time. And I was the one, frankly, who in part was credited with changing the sports talk game because I came at it in a completely different way, i.e. I was innovative. Great. I was, but that was then decades ago. But what had I done to innovate recently? Not a hell of a lot, frankly. Don't get me wrong. I'm still competing. I'm still performing at a high level daily, but I wasn't innovating enough. Working hard is not enough. You need to innovate And in order to innovate, you have to be hungry to innovate. I'm sure Matthew would agree with this next statement. Talent does not always win, but hunger usually does. I could go on for hours about that conversation. If you got as much out of it as I did, let Matthew know at Moliteum.com. That's M-O-L-L-I-T-E-U-M.com. And be sure to subscribe to this podcast as well. Review it and share it if you would. This one truly is word of mouth. And I would love for you to help me get that word out. Once again, thank you so much for finding The Reinvention Project. It really does mean the world to me, and I will catch you all next time. Keep fighting, stay in the battle, because I am right there with you.
2: Seeking the truth never gets old.